From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, February 9th. Moab area residents share this little valley with about 10,000 other people. Sure, millions of visitors flock here every season, but the residential figures are small, rural. Even so, this valley of 10,000 is governed by three political subdivisions, Moab City, Grand County, and San Juan County. For as long as I can remember, um, people have bemoaned the lack of coordination between the, the three entities. Grand County Commissioner Kevin Walker. He is a decades-long resident of Moab and spent three years on Grand's planning commission before his election to the county commission. He says planning decisions in the Valley can sometimes be made in their own political silos. Even Moab City and Grand County, you know, headquarters are just a couple blocks away. I mean, sometimes there's a lack of communication there. And with San Juan County, it's even more difficult because their county seat is 50 miles away. But I think everybody thinks, you know, we, we should be mindful of cross-border effects of planning decisions we make. Being more mindful, he says, of planning decisions around issues like the aquifer, dark night skies, noise, large events, and of course, tourism and tourism-related developments. Walker helped draft a resolution to create a Spanish Valley working group, which he hopes will foster better communication between the three governing bodies. He says the Spanish Valley working group could just take a look at different policies and whether that might be an issue in the near future. So the idea of this working group is just to set up a forum where we can talk and discuss things. It doesn't really change the way decisions are being made. It's just hoping that we'll make better informed decisions. Better decisions on, for example, things like special event permitting. We've already seen where Grand County doesn't allow an event to take place in Grand County because it's noisy and disruptive and people don't like it. And so the first thing that the event organizers think of is just going right across the county line and doing it there. So I think looking at this place where there's a mismatch between how we treat, say, special events or overnight accommodations, at least need to discuss it. The Spanish Valley Working Group would be comprised of nine members, three from each political subdivision. They can be staff from those political entities or Spanish Valley residents. Grand County passed the resolution approving the group in a special meeting yesterday. It's still awaiting approval by San Juan County and Moab City. Walker notes that this working group will not have any governing authority. It's also not intended to add another bureaucratic layer to the planning process. You know, we're trying to strike a balance. We want coordination and collaboration, but we don't want to create way too much unnecessary red tape. I think we need to look for ways to be aware, take the blinders off, know what's happening on both sides of the county line or on both sides of city limits so that we can get a better result in our planning zone. Once the resolution is passed by all three governing bodies, each will need to appoint their own representatives to the Spanish Valley Working Group. Walker says all meetings will be open to the public. A contest to, quote, rewild the Colorado River is seeking engineering alternatives from the public for the future of the Glen Canyon Dam. Mark Richardson with our partners at the Public News Service has more. Conservation groups have maintained for years that the Glen Canyon Dam is no longer useful and should be re-engineered to allow the Colorado River to flow freely again along the Arizona-Utah border. Daniel Beard, a former commissioner with the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, says the massive structure has outlived its usefulness. 
because of climate change. The nature and distribution of precipitation in the Colorado River Basin has changed. Water is distributed from Lake Mead for purposes for drinking water, water supply, meeting international commitments, and so forth. But Glen Canyon doesn't have a purpose like that. The dam was completed in the 1960s for water storage and power generation. Over time, water levels have dropped and the river's ecology has been degraded. However, there are powerful interests, including seven states and the federal government, that want the multi-million dollar structure to stay right where it is. Beard says in addition to restoring proper river flows, bypassing Glen Canyon Dam could begin refilling Lake Mead, which is at the lowest level in its history. Dams are not permanent features on the landscape. They change. They deteriorate with age. They silt up and they outlive their usefulness. And in the case of Glen Canyon Dam, it has no purpose in today's world. Gary Walkner with Save the Colorado, a sponsor of the contest, says he hopes the competition can draw sharp minds that will produce an elegant solution. You know, ideally, engineering students across the United States embrace the idea of putting in a proposal to either tear down Glen Canyon Dam or tunnel through Glen Canyon Dam or tunnel around Glen Canyon Dam, some way to get the river flowing more freely. Along with Beard and Wagner, contest sponsors include Clark County, Nevada Commissioner Tick Sigerbloom and groups like the Great Basin Water Network and Living Rivers. Organizers say they're also looking for donations to increase the prize fund by the time the contest closes in November. That's Mark Richardson with our partners at the Public News Service. Colorado Governor Jared Polis is helping lead a new interagency task force meant to address conservation issues across borders in the West. It's called the Task Force on Collaborative Conservation, and it's being led by the Western Governors Association in partnership with the federal departments of the Interior and Agriculture. Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Lucas Brady-Woods spoke to Governor Polis remotely to find out what the task force means for the entire Four Corners region. Governor, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's dive right into the Task Force on Collaborative Conservation. Here at KSJD, our coverage area crosses a number of borders. We cover all four of the states that make up the Four Corners and multiple Native American tribes. So we're very aware around here that environmental and conservation issues aren't confined by boundaries like these. But that's always been the case. So why is this task force so important at this moment as opposed to sooner? We've long seen conservation in a multi-state lens. I mean, you know, animals don't know when they're crossing borders. In fact, our uh, Fisher's Peak State Park, our newest state park in southern Colorado, borders Sugarite State Park in New Mexico. And so you have, uh, we have about 19,000 acres, but you have a contiguous about close to 50,000 acres of protected ecosystems on both sides of the border uh, with the combination of that. With this collaboration, you have all of the states, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, uh, Utah, uh, at the table, uh, really jointly indicating that yes, we're moving forward with this collaboration that really asserts the need for conservation. Um, it's consistent with a 30 by 30 goal uh, of the administration, meaning conserving at least 30% of our public lands, uh, and really making sure that we can protect our, our public lands in southwest region of Colorado, the Four Corners area. We've seen record levels of people enjoying our public lands um, on all sides of the border, of course, including southwest Colorado these last few years. And we need to also have this real collaboration around how we can better support recreation resources, uh, wildlife, um, the uh, wildfire inter- interface with our uh, with our areas that are near and around uh, forested areas. And that's true for, for communities in the Four Corners area, just as it is for communities in other parts of the West. 
I want to tie the task force and its mission to our specific region here. There are a lot of issues that are particular to the Western Slope and Southwest Colorado specifically. For example, conservation efforts are sometimes met with skepticism in rural communities. Can you talk a little bit about how the task force will balance the interests of private landowners like farmers and ranchers with those of conservation on and around their lands? Well, you know, it's really about uh, finding what works uh, in, in deploying in a multi-state way. I'll give an example. We have a conservation uh, easement program in Colorado that's benefited economically many, many farmers and ranchers. Um, there are different uh, ways to do that in different states, but I think the key thing is how can we learn from one another, one another and find a common way to protect and support our farmers and ranchers on all sides of the border. So according to the Department of the Interior, Native American tribes will not be included in the task force. They say there are other forums for working with tribal communities on conservation. But how do you plan to work with tribes on conservation issues going forward? We have a uh, official government-to-government relationship with our two tribal nations, the Ute Mountain Ute and Southern Ute, uh, here in Colorado. Uh, even more tribes, of course, in, in New Mexico, Arizona, uh, Utah. So uh, we maintain that on a government-to-government basis. I meet with the tribal chairman. I meet with the tribal councils. Uh, we uh, have a regular discussion about cooperation on water projects as well as regular updates about what they're doing within their own uh, territory and tribal nations. You're a member of the Western Governors Association, which is leading the task force. The organization is made up of Western state governors from across the political spectrum, and we're talking some of the furthest right and furthest left governors in the country. How do you currently work productively together, and how do you plan to do so on a task force focused on conservation? Well, you know, water and fire, uh, these are not partisan issues. There's no such thing as a Republican drought or a Democratic drought or a Republican fire or Democratic fire. They're a common interest that states across the American West have. How can we better prepare our communities to thrive in the future? How can we meet our conservation recreation goals? How can we reduce the risk of fires uh, in the wildfire urban interface uh, and manage uh, the impact of a changing climate across the American West? Governor Polis, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you, Lucas. Have a good day. This interview comes from our partners at KSJD in Cortez, Colorado. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, February 9th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.